You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. All right. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. And every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this episode, we're going to be recapping 2020 from the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, talking about some of our favorite podcast episodes, how we kind of got into the podcast, and uh, just, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, what we were going through whenever we started uh, started the podcast here. 16 episodes. And I think for me, the biggest surprise is how much fun it's been. Uh, you know, I knew it's something that I wanted to do, but I've really enjoyed putting this whole thing together, um, you know, from the prep work for episodes and coming up with topics and uh, just putting it together. Uh, I've really had a good time on this adventure that we've started. It's been a really good journey. You know, you start thinking about you want to start a podcast and then you actually start it. You have plans to get started. Sometimes those plans get pushed back, but uh, once you get into it, you really start to kind of find your rhythm and then you start talking to folks about different things. And it, I've really enjoyed how it kind of opens up your mind and opens you up to kind of other opportunities and just things that you never would have thought that you would um, even get into. And so uh, that's one thing that I've really enjoyed with it is just, you know, how it's expanded the mind, opened myself up. And then also with us, you know, getting to know a little bit more about each other as well. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely probably one of my, the funniest moments of the first 16 episodes is learning that you were a gamer, that you would uh, play Call of Duty. <laughs> That was still sticking with me uh, just because it's so out of character for who you are now. Yeah, it's so funny. The other thing that's really cool is you get to hear yourself and kind of see what it's like to, uh, I guess, watch yourself from somebody else's point of view. And so, you know, for you to say that, just the reaction you gave whenever we talked about that. And then I actually told Andrea about it and she just started laughing. She, I mean, it was just hilarious. You know, you have like, Sometimes people laugh when you talk and it's like, oh, that was like a cordial laugh. Well, when I told her what you said about that, it was like a burst out, like hilarious laugh. So, (laughs) but sometimes you forget, you know, your past, you know, and like when you talk to certain people, they see you, uh, how you are right now. And that's really a good point. Like you don't know what people's past actually is based on where they are right now, you know? And so, uh, it's really good to kind of explain that to people and also help them, you know, realize, you know, that's where you came from. So I was a huge gamer, man. I love it. That's awesome. So as we roll into this thing, and like you said, 16 episodes later, rolling into the new year of 2021, I also hope everyone had a great Christmas break as well. Christmas break, New Year's, we're rolling into this thing. What, um, what are what was one of your favorite episodes to talk about? I went back through all 16 episodes, took a look at them, and there's things from every episode that I was really pleased with. Um, the one thing that I think I've really enjoyed about the 16 episodes are most of them were just ba- really based around things we were going through at the time. And so it was, a, you know, the whole point of our podcast was, you know, you and I had been having these conversations for a couple years and we decided that we wanted to start recording them. And so we wanted to take, you know, the format in which a lot of our conversations were based on and then just record it and, and share that. And so we were able to pick that up. And so those conversations are always based around things we're going through. And so that we, we really were able to follow 
that idea all the way through the year. And so the favorite ones that I had, if we're looking back, really enjoyed breaking down major life events because uh, that made me do a lot of homework on my past and uh, it, it gave me a good chance to look at where I am today compared to where I was uh, through a lot of that time. Um, and so that was episode four, if you want to check that out. That was so major life events. That was a really big one for me. And nothing specifically like individually stood out on that episode except uh, the fact that I really enjoyed probably the prep of that one the most. I really enjoyed that one as well. Whenever you start going back and thinking about things that have happened in your past, which is when you I talk to quite a few folks, a lot of folks don't don't uh, reflect on kind of what's happened in the past. And I, I do a lot of reflection, but the thing that was interesting to me whenever we did that, that episode is that once you start like looking back at memories or whatever you've done, like a lot more memories start popping up. Like the more you start to like re like reflect on things, things really start to come back and come into, come into the picture. And I really had like some good memories that I hadn't thought of in a long time, you know? And so that's, that's one thing that I really liked about that as well. And then just looking at how those events have like kind of shaped the trajectory of where your life is now at the moment. You had a comment uh, during that episode said the things that we do know is no matter what life is going to go on. And I think this year, uh, 2020 with everything that's been going on in the world, um, a lot of our, uh, tough times and you know the the stress of life. The one thing that we all have in common is a lot of that sh that stress is common. Usually, your stress is your stress, and my stress is my stress. And I don't really know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But this year, a lot of the hurdles that we have are all similar, and we're in it to you know we're in it together. Even though you know it seems like we're divided on a lot of issues, we're we all have the same hurdle right now. And so that whole thing of the thing that we need that we know is that no matter what life is going to go on and that's proven itself to true you know we life is going on life is always going to go on right and the thing i know is that uh, if we were to do if we're still doing this podcast in 5 years and we do another episode on major life events i guarantee you 2020 is going to be on everybody's list, right? And so it's yep. just almost like, I guess you could say uh, September 11th or, you know, the housing crash is what a lot of folks talk about here, here in Midland. People talk about all the oil bust that have happened. And so this is for sure one life event that you're going to remember where you were, what you were doing, how it impacted you. And uh, yeah, so that that is exactly right. And the, the key thing is that yeah, you're right, life does go on right and so the question is what are we going to do are we going to sit around and wait or are we going to move forward keep moving keep it moving yeah yeah so that was my first one uh major life events was a great episode for me i actually picked four that i kind of pushed to the top and i really was happy with all of them really excited about all of them. Um, but I picked the four that I probably had the most fun with uh, in prep and in kind of, you know, reminiscing or recalling the past. And so that's kind of how I broke my top out. So what would you put as one of your top ones? Yeah, one of my favorite episodes is probably the first episode that we did. And uh, the reason why is because that's just how I do everything. And that's how I think all of our life is created is through relationships, right? And so the very first episode we did was the impact on relationships. And it was the first episode that we did. So it's kind of got like a special place in my heart. And so yeah, the first one is, yeah, just about relationships and like, how do you posture yourself to make good relationships? What does it take to um, keep a good relationship going? And that's like, we talked about it with your spouse. We talked about it with, um, you know, professionally and all those. So I think that's number one, like your, how your relationships go, I think is how your life is going to go. 
Well, if you look at all the episodes, that you know, Impact of Relationships was a great first one because it seems to be a foundation for just about everything that we do, and whether it's learning and growing. And yeah, I mean, if you just go up and down the list, uh, you know, relationships play a huge role in all of that. A couple of the highlights that I picked that I pulled up out of the Impact of Relationships episodes were things like. We had talked about being authentic and genuine is of the utmost important. And it also helped me remember that I love matching people up. I love, you know, making referrals or whenever somebody asks, hey, who do you know? I always try to have somebody that I know uh, and that I can trust and and refer. Or if uh, I've got two people that own two different businesses, if I can help them out and match them up. I just love that. And so that you know, going back to the impact of relationships, it just, you know, kind of refreshed my memory on the things that I love about dealing with people. 100%. One of the other the highlights when I was looking through and getting back for this thing was that we kind of talked about how in some relationships, uh, they kind of end, you know, and just how to not feel bad about relationships ending, I guess you could say, or like, because we all have different seasons of life. And so you might end up having to, and your relationship's going to change with everyone based off of kind of where your life is going and, you know, don't feel bad and just know that that's actually going to happen. You know, we all change. Sometimes you hear people say like, you've changed. And it's like, well, yeah, of course I've changed. Like I should be changing. Like you should be changing too, but hopefully we're changing for the better, you know? And so, you know, that's kind of the only, only thing on that. And, you know, sometimes you move, sometimes you, you make a career change and your relationships have to change. And so just knowing that that transition is going to be there because that can be a hard thing for people, right? Most of the time you think relationships only end when something is bad, but relationships can also end when something is good, you know? And so uh, just thinking about, you know, transitioning is probably the word I would use transitioning relationships rather than ending relationships. That's one thing that I really pulled and liked about our conversation on that one. Two more things I'd like to point out from that episode that I think are, that are huge is you got to put yourself around the right people. Uh, So, you know, put yourself around the right people and it'll put you on the right track. Uh, That's a, the, you know, that, that's huge that we've got to, you know, if we have a goal in our life, putting ourselves around the right person or right people or right group is of the utmost importance to, to really keep you grounded on what you're trying to do. And then right along with that, good relations require intentionally creating good habits. And so, you know, good relationships, uh, they might just kind of fall in your lap, but to maintain a good relationship really uh, takes a lot of intentionality uh, to make sure that 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 you keep on track with your with that relationship. Yeah, and that actually makes me think of just recently. So obviously, the I'm at jujitsu almost every day, but you know, as of this recording, we just had our competitors in our school, our, our jujitsu academy just had like a major tournament that just came up. And usually we have most people, we win a lot of tournaments and a a few guys didn't, didn't win a couple of things. And so when you say be authentic, actually my sensei was just talking about that the other day. He was like, you know, when somebody comes back, don't just automatically tell them, that they did a good job, you know? And so I thought that was really cool for him to say that because, you know, obviously when somebody goes out and they compete, you're proud of them and you can say you're proud of them, but he was basically saying if they didn't do a good job and there was something they could have done better, like give them feedback, like we're a team, you know? And so in order to get better, they need to know, you know, what they actually did and how you actually feel about that. And you only get better when you actually usually when you lose. And so he was just saying like, be authentic and just tell people, you know, what you think. And he actually said, that's like more loving, you know, to that person rather than just giving the blanket. Oh, great job. You did a great job. And so uh, I think that's a really good habit because you, you have to work on your communication in order to give somebody constructive feedback. It's actually hard to like give them constructive feedback without 
sounding condescending and also, you know, possibly hurting their feelings, but trying to elevate them to the next level. So I think it's good. The flip side of that, you also have to be a person that can receive that well. Part of what makes that so difficult to be authentic like that and tell somebody maybe, you know, they didn't do the greatest job. They could have been, they could have done something better is that you're not sure how they're going to react and their reaction or how you think they might react drives your motivation or your willingness to share that. And I don't put any onus on their reaction. So yeah, I'm not responsible for your reaction, but I am responsible. I feel like to be genuine and know that I'm trying to help, help the situation you can't be wanting to hinder the person you know yeah your intention and your motivation behind what you say has to there has to be some purity to that exactly that was kind of the other thing we talked about that came out in the episode you know and i remember now we were talking just how andrea and i we always make the assumption that we both are telling each other something to make our relationship better and so that's that's one of those like unwritten rules that you have to have down in your relationship because if you don't, then your communication will be off. So what's your next one? What's your next episode? My next one is uh, how to make money in real estate. And that was just a ton of fun. And because one of the things that I love about real estate are there's a million different ways that you can make money in real estate. And so for us to kind of break that down and, uh, help give me a perspective on how you see that uh, was was really helpful in you know just in having an understanding of the industry that we're in. There are literally, I think, an infinite number of ways to make money in real estate, right? And in real estate, obviously, from our perspective, is like one of the best industries that you can be in, and almost and really anybody can can get into real estate, which is what I think is really interesting. And especially with the way things are going right now in our, in our country, especially, I actually think it's really good for everyone to have knowledge on the real estate industry, right? Because everybody needs a place to live. Everybody has to have shelter. And so this is actually a topic that the making money part can be for certain people, but real estate in general is really a topic that everyone should know about because it affects everyone's life, you know? And so how to make money from that could also be helpful as well. Well, you can pick up a real estate conversation anywhere you go. I remember before real estate, I was in the HVAC industry, uh, heating, cooling, and refrigeration. And um, that's not a topic anyone ever wanted to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about their furnace. But everyone loves to talk about their house, what values, how the market is. You know, I probably get that question five, six times a week. Oh, how's the market? And sometimes I take for granted that everyone should know how the market is um, because the market's kind of been the same way in my market. The market's been the same way for a few years now. And so uh, I just kind of think everybody knows that. But I, you know, I probably get that question a good five, six times a week. Everyone's talking about real estate. They're talking about either the place they rent or they're talking about the house they bought or how they want to invest in real estate or what they want to do. And so, like I said, this in the times right now, it is um, it's going to get very interesting. And I think, you know, the way our laws are set up and taxes and all that stuff, it puts real estate in the forefront of our society, you know, and so it's going to be, I think it's, it's going to be something that's going to be discussed for a long time. And I, I'm interested to see how things go here in this coming up year, especially with all the forbearance and people not being able to work and, you know, rental rates and inventories and all that stuff. Um, I'm interested to see how, for one, the country's going to move forward and then just locally as well, what's going to happen. But it's definitely a very, very important topic for sure. And it does shift because like if you look at like the market in Michigan and the market in Midland, Texas, uh, for the entire time I've known you, our markets have been very similar up until recently. And now our markets are not acting the same way. Yeah, not not acting the same way at all. They're actually complete <laughs> opposites because yeah. we've got more inventory than ever. You guys, I think, are still low on inventory 
houses are still flying off the shelf, right? You can't find a house. It's the first times that I can recall. Uh, we have a couple, you know, obviously a couple cities are a lot more popular than others, but our popular cities have less than one month inventory. I've never seen that. Yeah, we had that here and it was, it was very fun. At least to me, it was very fun. Even though now it's fun too. You just have to change. You just have to change. That's, that's what it is. We're always in transition, right? And so now it's just a matter of figuring out how to help people, which goes back to this relationship thing as well. How do I help people in the situations and the times that are in now? So, you know, back before it was kind of, you know, wild for us here where we had no inventory, which it seems like you're just going and going and going. And it's actually still the same now. It's just, it just looks a little bit different. We still have the same amount of transactions. We just have more houses to look at now. We did, we listed three houses on our team this weekend and they all went live on Saturday. You could, the very first showings were Saturday. And by Sunday night, we had gone through 47 showings on three properties, had 12 offers, 11 or 12 offers uh, between the three properties. And we put all three under contract for over asking. That was our weekend. Sounds like a busy weekend. Yep. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was a lot of fun. So just to, you know, that topic for us was how to make money in real estate. And you know, you and I have talked a ton about there's so many different ways. So right now, what are the ways that you're making money in real estate? Well, that's a good question. We are obviously as a realtor, we're helping people buy and sell houses. So that is uh, the main source of income there is just on the retail side and also in the investment side. So I guess I say retail, but uh, we also help investors purchase discounted properties. So properties that are below market value. And then we're also purchasing properties ourselves. So we will, if we find properties or if we, um, if there's someone who wants to sell a property or someone that needs to sell a property, we can also make them an offer on a property. So we're buying properties slowly, um, not in the buy and hold. So currently right now, I would say I'm not a landlord anymore at the moment. I have one tenant left to evict. They're not at the house. So that's why I say I'm not a landlord. I just have a house that's got my ex-tenant stuff in it so if you want more um, information on that go to jacoby's uh facebook page he did a live yeah it's like mid-november probably yeah, november. mid-november he did a facebook live yeah that was that was good to evict or not to evict that is the question yeah. and so but looking forward to getting back into the landlord game i actually like doing that so you know renting houses out to people and also you know if you go back to uh, what is it? Episode 14, Jerry and I talked about how we made the move to EXP. And so actually uh, partnering with our brokerage and becoming, you know, part of the company there. So also making money when we recruit other agents to our brokerage. Yeah. So for what about us, you? Uh, yeah. So for us, it's the, we have the retail or the traditional way of being a realtor. We help us. Uh, buyers and sellers. Uh, you know, we're helping buyers find properties and, and then we're listing properties. Uh, so that's the majority of what we're doing. The, I am on the tail end of uh, doing five flips over the last year. And I have worn myself out a little bit on that. It just post uh, the coronavirus shutdown. Uh, the contractor world is up in arms a little bit. And so it's made flipping a little more difficult for us, uh, more time consuming than I would like it to be. Uh, I think there's great opportunity in flipping properties right now. Uh, it's just not a great opportunity for me. And so we are on the tail end of that. Um, we're also doing uh, marketing to a lot of probates and trying to help families that um, have estates or their properties are in probate, walking them through that process and a lot of cases, if someone has a property in probate, they don't want to put it on the market. They want it just to be over with. And when somebody takes over a home that's in probate, a lot of times the 
homes really distressed, uh, needs, you know, complete updating. Sometimes they're, you know, so full of stuff and it's a little overwhelming for families to take on. So we'll give offers for properties like that where they can, they literally, we go through the closing, we get the deed and they leave it as is they're allowed to walk away. They take out of it, whatever they want and they walk away from the rest. And then we handle that. And so I'm either putting a little work into them, uh, not, I wouldn't call it a flip, uh, but then, you know, we get the house cleaned out and if anything major needs to be fixed, we, we do that. And then we list the house, we put it on the market or there's uh, other investors sometimes will purchase that property from us. And so that, those are the main ways that we are making money in real estate right now. Really, really good. I would add a quick question I have then is what do you think someone who wants to get into real estate, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Talk to me. Oh, talk to you. Yeah. Talk to me. That'd be the easiest (laughs) way. Um, Yeah. It really, you know, the easiest way to get into real estate is you really have to kind of make a determination of what your goals are going to be. What is it that you're trying to accomplish with an understanding that you don't have to pick exactly you know, what the end game is going to look like, you know, as an example for you, you know, when you got your real estate license, it was strictly for investment. You had no idea that you were going to be uh, a retail realtor. Uh, You weren't planning on working with buyers and sellers. And so that kind of shifted. Uh, So it's really trying to get a feel for what is it you're trying to accomplish? Is it, you know, are you looking to be full-time or part-time? Do you want to be an investor? Is it you want to just work with buyers? You know, if you have any idea of kind of what the motivating factor behind it is, and if you are going to be on the retail side and you want to work with buyers and sellers, then getting your real estate license in your state is, uh, you know, I would say that's the place that you need to start because that you need that to start going down the road in whatever direction you decide to go. Yeah, I think those are really good places for for people to start. And so um, the next one, the next episode that uh, I really looked at was the controlling what you can control. I'm looking back here. I really, yeah, episode two. I really liked uh, the foundational episodes that we had here just in the beginning. And so I think that's just vital to your life. It's vital to anything that you do. And so, you know, if you're worried about things that are out of your control, you're just really just spinning your wheels. And so, you know, that's just one thing that I think is very, very foundational for folks. Yeah. I mean, the big thing with that for me is there's been times in my life where, you know, I'm really engaged in some things I can't control. And that might be, you know, as an instance that could be politics where I'm consuming all this information on a bunch of stuff I can't control and I'm justifying it in a way that, well, it's important. You need to know what's going on in the world. You need to know what's, you know, happening, but it's so time consuming and I have no control over that. It's just information. And so I've really had to work hard and I think I've had some success in this world and that I just dropped some of that stuff to the side. I kind of keep my ear to the ground a little bit. I know a little bit what's going on, but I'm really just putting my time and energy into the things I can control. Yeah. And this was a really good episode because it came out right around the time that, you know, obviously the theme for 2020, which is the coronavirus, you know, it was around that really time frame where nobody knew what was going to happen and what was going to go on because it was so soon like they were the you know government was shutting businesses down telling people they couldn't work you know they were just getting ready to roll out the i don't know what it's called stimulus money where they were giving out free checks you know and so uh that was one reason why we kind of talked about this episode which i thought was was really really good And so I think it's also good to kind of reflect on what you did back in those times and how can you make that actually better, you know? And so one of the things we spoke about was just like, and we've talked about this a couple of times is you have, you can respond either positive or negatively 
to how things happen and you actually have a choice in that. And so that was one of the things that I thought was really key on that. And then the other thing that came up uh, on things that you can control was fear, right? Fear is a big factor in controlling the things that you can control. And then how do you respond to fear? And when I say fear, the other thing I'll say is like just to the unknown, because I think whenever something happens that's unknown, we start to get that anxious feeling or fear, you know, when we don't know what's going to come next. And so that was one of the key concepts in that conversation that we had that I thought is really, really important. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Um, As I was reviewing our show notes uh, for this episode, I only highlighted one line from that entire episode, and that was, don't let fear become the driving factor. I think that was the overall theme of that episode, especially at the time that we released that episode. Yeah, and definitely good for 2020, right? Because there's so much uncertainty going on right now, even to this day. I mean, we're still dealing with everything that's going on. And so how do you deal with fear? What do you do? How do you move forward? And, you know, one thing I always try to do is try to find and make something predictable in my life. So find some aspect of my life that I know I can try to make predictable, make it predictable and move on from there. Perfect. My next one uh, was, which I think is ironic based on the title of our podcast is sacrificing to get what you want because we're supposed to be the success without sacrifice. And I think as we all know, and we've talked about this in the past that uh, there's going to have to be something that's sacrificed. So how would you break down even how we came up with the name of the podcast? Yeah. So, uh, the name of the podcast obviously is success without sacrifice, but, and obviously we all know that in order to have success, you have to sacrifice something. And so, uh, really the key for us and why we came up with that, that, the title is because we wanted to be successful without sacrificing the things that we love the most. And so I think the key point was, is you see so many people that are successful, but yet they ruin their lives in order to get that success. And so, you know, for us, you know, success is being successful in your job professionally with your family, uh, spiritually for us following Jesus and the Lord. And I think those are the main parts I missed one, let me know. But that is really the heartbeat of kind of why we started the podcast and what we were having those conversations and in the masterminds that we were in. And uh, really all the masterminds that we go to and the groups that we're a part of, that is the central theme of all of those groups is that number one, they're highly successful people. But number two, I would say that the key thing I see is that they are have great relationships with their family and then spiritually they're like aligned as well. And so that is kind of the thought between success without sacrifice. That is uh, spot on. And some of the highlights from that episode, it's kind of how we broke down sacrifice where for us, sacrifice is giving up something of value for something of greater value. And that's where, Uh, the sacrifice comes into play for us. And then I would say the, the big point for me out of that one is when you get clarity, sacrifice becomes easy, you know? So it's this idea of um, I need to know where I am at and I need to know where I'm going. And once I have clarity on that, if I need to sacrifice something, it should be pretty evident what needs to be sacrificed and that should make, sacrificing whatever that is, you know, much easier. 100%, which another topic that always comes up is it, you know, starting with why thinking about what you want, thinking about, or uh, having the begin with the end in mind. Right. And so I think that's the full key of that, you know, being easy to sacrifice is that when you know what you want and it is something that you really, really want, it's easy easier, I guess I should say, to sacrifice for that. And, you know, one of the, one of the, 
areas that I think about is just, you know, with, with my kids, obviously with them being seven, five, and three, they're in the young stages of, of life. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I do stems around, you know, providing for them and wanting them to have, have it better than, than I have it. And so that's what I think of when I think of sacrifice, I think of myself as being able to, you know, do things that I might not necessarily want to do in order to provide for them. And when I think of it that way, it's, it's really simple. So like that concept really comes to light when I, when I think about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. On that. So kind of keeping this moving along, what would, uh, what would your next one be? Yeah. Well, kind of where I, one thing that I wanted to ask, we always talk about, you know, like resources at the end of our episodes. And so, there's always a few that continually come up, but for 2020 and for the podcast, I know you didn't prep for this, but what would you say is your number one resource from the last, you know, 16 episodes? What do I think the most uh, popular resource was or what would be uh, the resource that I pulled out of it? That you pulled out of it for you. Man, that's a little tougher question in you know, it kind of goes back to, I didn't reread the book, um, but it goes back to, you know, it starts with why, but it just helped me kind of uh, a lot of the episodes and prepping for the episodes really made me focus on a lot of the things that I took from that book when, when we wrote it. The other one was we had referenced profit first as a strategy. Uh, and that is something that I was able to implement this year. Let's see here. Yeah, I definitely didn't prep for this question. Um, what from a, profit? When you say like, to question. roll back, when you go from profit from profit first, what concept in there like sticks out to you? Because I think that for people that are listening, and also for myself, I'd like to know like what is it about that book that really, you know, why you chose that one? Yeah, I chose that one uh, because one of our coaches told me to choose that one, and I. I'm pretty good student or pretty good. Uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty coachable and I typically try to make the philosophy. If I'm paying a coach, I'm going to listen to them. And so they had said that, you know, we had knew one of, we knew one of the hurdles in my life was uh, managing my money. I've always shown to be a pretty good earner, um, but not always a great manager. And so they put me into profit first and the strategy that's, Working for me is in that book, it's you break down your bank accounts. And so you have an income account, an operating expense account, a tax account, a owner's compensation account. And just drew a blank on the fifth one. Oh, a profit account. That's funny that that's the one I forgot. And whenever you have income come in, you have to break down your percentages and you divide your money into those accounts. And so when your tax bills do, the tax account is there. And when it's time to pay you as the owner, that money's there. And when it's time to pay the bills, that money's there. Um, and what that did for me is it really, as someone who operated out of one bank account, I always had the idea that I had more money in that account than I really had. And so if I broke out all those other accounts and just left the operating money in the operating account, it's like, oh, man, there's not as much money as I thought was there. And so I would say that's the number one strategy I took from that in 2020. And now in 2021, we're growing that into, you know, kind of taking that to the next step and the next level. But from a profit first standpoint, that's what I really took out of 2020. Yeah. The reason why I wanted you to explain that is I think I probably wouldn't have said that one for my resource, but I, from reading that book, cause I'm still implementing the strategies in that book. But in the first few chapters, you know, the one key thing that I pulled out of that is like what you said in the profit account. I think it, I'm not even, I'm just going to make up my own numbers, but I would say like 95% of business owners and 95% of people, the way they operate is they pay all their bills and then whatever's left, they keep as profit, you know? And so that just, doesn't work. If you no. think about it, you know, most businesses are not profitable. And if they are, they're minimally profitable. But 
in order for you to make a profit, you actually need to put your profit down almost as an expense item in your business and make sure you pay that first. And so when you do that, like that changes everything, it changes the game. And so just reading that in the book was a huge epiphany for me is like, for one, the majority of people operate the opposite way and it's called, um, Parkinson's law. So basically whatever you leave, like however much time or however much space you leave for something, that is what you will occupy that space with. For example, if I need to write a paper and I give myself one week to write the paper, I'll write that paper in one week. If I give myself two days to write the paper, I'll write the paper, the same paper in two days. And so it's the same thing with our money. And so that's why it's good to like partition it out like that. And so if you don't have a profit account or you don't allocate for how much profit you want and you pay that first, there will be nothing left, you know, which is crazy because I think, I don't know if that's like a cultural thing and how we do things here or what we do, but it's really a simple concept that we all should like employ. Whenever I read it, I'm like, man, why didn't I know this earlier? Why didn't I do this before? It's like so simple, but it's very hard to wrap your head around when you start pulling money out and putting it in, you know? For sure. And I would probably add one last resource and that was a Patrick Bet David's book, Your Next Five Moves. Uh, Really helped me to break down that I only have probably two moves figured out. Uh, as far as what my future looks like. And he's saying, you know, the book says your next uh, five moves. I think he titled it that because he probably, because he really thinks that your next, you should have your next 15 moves laid out. And I think for most people, your next 15 moves is probably a little overwhelming. And so he made the book a little more digestible in stating your next five moves. And so that's been a huge impact on me this year and really helping me uh, lay out what my, my, my goals are. And I've been able to map out what I want my next three years to look like based on a lot of the, the concepts out of that book. I've got that book on my list to read. So I listen to a lot of what he says. So I feel like I got an idea of what the book's about, but I'm excited to get into that one. My last resource would probably be, it's not a book, but I would say or actually anything, Tony Robbins is what I would say. <laughs> I was going to say you're, you're going to have to go with that because I think uh, UPW popped up just about every week. Every single week because it is, man, besides the Bible, I would say UPW has been uh, one of the greatest events that I've been to. And, and it's one of the best resources Tony Robbins is. Not because of him, but because he's done a lot of research and he has packaged it in a way that he makes it very useful to people. And he like, he'll let you know what those resources are. So you can actually do, you know, some self-discovery on your own as well. But um, I'm always pushing for that. I've had a few friends and colleagues that have also gone to UPW, which UPW stands for Unleash the Power Within, which is like Tony Robbins three day event, which I think he's doing it online now. Yes, but, I've heard it's the uh, he has knocked it out of the park with the production level for a virtual event compared to anyone else that's doing virtual events. Well, I believe that because everything he does, he does it a hundred percent. It's sad though that you can't be in person with him because always seeing something in person is totally different than watching it on a screen. Um, I'm not sure how old he is, but his energy. And what he does is just is just phenomenal. And so if you have not uh, if you don't know what that is or you're not familiar with it, I would check it out and I would put it on your list, your bucket list of things to do. And I would say do it sooner rather than later, because there are just so many things, so many tools he can give you that uh, will help you out. Absolutely awesome. I have heard uh, that he is dialing it back a little bit too on his events where he doesn't uh, do as much as he was. I've heard that his vocal cords are on the tail end of being able to really keep this lifestyle up. Yeah, 100%. Even when I went, uh, a lot of the stuff is on video as well. And he's only there, I think, 
two of the days or one and a half of the, he's only there for probably about half of it. There's another guy who does a lot of the trainings as well, which he's actually awesome as well. His name is Joseph McClendon, the third little short, little short black dude. He is like hilarious and he's really (laughs) good at uh, displaying a lot of the tools, which is why I said, which is why I said in the beginning, it's not about Tony Robbins. It's about what he's studied and learned. So even when, let's say Tony Robbins can't even speak anymore. The thing is, is like you can still acquire the information that he has because it's not, it's not his information. It's just from studying and, and interviews and, and working with people. So really, really good resource uh, helping you out. I did buy one of his uh, digital products this year that are yeah, in 2020 that I want to go through. I have, and it is here on the list. I uh, need to work it in, and that is Ultimate Edge digital product. So that is the next Tony Robbins thing I'll be taking on. And just so people know, I uh, just looked it up real quick. February, in February 2021, he's got a UPW virtual set. So that is definitely something that you could uh, get into. And I think, uh, I don't see the price in here, but compared to a virtual event, it's uh a lot more price conscious. I think it's like three or 400 bucks to do that event. That would be a hundred percent worth it. The ultimate edge is good too. They make you do that before you go to the UPW event. I am. Yeah. I got a lot of memories of doing the ultimate edge uh, exercises in my truck. So it's good. So uh, to wrap this up, was there any uh, other episode that you wanted to drop or uh, we got to cover something that uh, we missed in the conversation? I think that's really about it. I mean, every episode is good. I like, I I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, you know, I could go through every single one of those, you know, Uh, I will say, you know, we did do our first uh, interview as well. And I think that was, for one, it was really fun. And for two, um, there's just a lot of value that Tristan brought, you know, to the table for us. And so I know we're going to be doing more interview episodes coming up, which will be really good. But that was uh, another episode that I thought was really good. Yeah, so that was episode 15, Tristan Amata, who's a real estate agent and entrepreneur and has some coaching stuff going on. Um, Probably the one thing that makes Tristan, uh, the one thing that Tristan's done that has increased his popularity in our industry is he started a Facebook group that has like 130,000 members on it. And that uh, I believe that is the largest real estate related Facebook group in existence. And he just always, always bringing value. 100%. So we're going to take a little bit of time out to, uh, for our feature time to invest. Hey, thank you for sticking around for this segment of time to invest. This is the segment of the podcast where Jacoby and I talk to you about the different areas of investing and some of the things that we're seeing in the real estate investment world. And a lot of times these segments are also based on the conversations that we're having outside when uh, outside of the podcast, when people have us have different questions about investing. And one of the areas that I want to talk to you about today is the area of probate and estates. And I kind of lumped those two together. And that is a segment of the market that we market towards uh, properties that are in estates or properties that have gone to probate. This is a list that you can get. There are companies out there that provide you with that. And I market to that list. There's two things here that I want to talk about. One is sometimes uh, people are pretty upset to receive marketing for probates or estates. And as I can understand, this is a very emotional time for a lot of families. And so we'll get, I'll either get returned letters or phone calls, or they'll call, you know, pretty irritated that we're marketing to them and they don't understand how they got on the list. And and I completely understand that. And I try to be super respectful of that. If they call me and they want to be taken off the list, boom, I just take them off the list and they won't get any of my marketing material anymore. However, on the flip side of that, there are families that we've been able to help in great ways because we are a resource that's going to help them solve a problem that they're having. In a lot of cases that we see, uh, 
houses that are being sold out of an estate or through probate, in a lot of instances, they are houses that have deteriorated. They have not been maintained. Uh, there may be a lot of stuff in the house. Um, we've had houses that we've purchased from families that we've had to use like, you know, like a thousand square foot house, but have 60 yards worth of dumpster uh, to empty the contents out. One of the things that we try to do when we have a house that has a lot of stuff in it, families don't want their stuff just to go to the garbage. And, and, and we don't either. We don't want somebody's legacy just to be thrown in a dumpster. We try to work with estate sales. We have family members come and pick items out of the house that they want. And we try to be as respectful of the contents as we can. Now, when it comes to probate sales, um, this is one where we, when we go in, when I go in and I meet with a family, I'm going to give them three options. A lot of investors only give one option. They'll give the, here's what we can buy it for cash. I'm going to give a family three options because I want to know what level of work they're willing to put in. And the more work that they can put in, then the more money that the family can make off of the sale of the property. And the first option is being cash, a cash sale. We'll give you, uh, we'll just pay cash for it. And we can close in seven to 14 days. And it is clean. You leave the house as is. Um, you don't have to touch it. And this is what we'll pay you for it. Um, in a lot of instances, that works for family because they may be out of state. They may not have the time. They may not have the resources to handle what's going on with the property. The second is, um, and that we can get you a little more money this way, is if you agree to have me sell the property, I will go try to find another cash buyer for you. And that's going to be uh, more in the family of wholesaling a property. So I'm going to take that property. I'm going to go market to a list of buyers that I already have that I've been accumulating over the last several years. And we're going to try to get one of those buyers to buy it. And typically, those uh, depending on what... Um, that buyer's gonna do with the property, they may be able to pay a little more than I could on the cash sale. The third option is going to be we can list the property and that is gonna bring the most money for the family, but we're gonna want you to do a little work as far as in regards to you getting the house cleaned out. So those are the three options that we're gonna give probates and probates are a great area to market for properties. Um, to back up, if you want to be on Jacoby or I's buyers list, hit us up and we'll make sure that when we have these properties and they come up, that you'll be notified that that property has come available. Thanks for checking in on Time to Invest. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that uh, feature piece on Time to Invest. As always, we're always trying to break down quick ideas on how you can get an investment or how you can get into investing in real estate. Um, it was a great time on this episode, or I had a great time on this episode, breaking down our 16 episodes from 2020. Uh, we covered a lot of information today. And what we'd really love for you to do is if you have a favorite episode and uh, you are on our Facebook group, we would love for you to drop a comment in on the Facebook group, letting us know what your favorite episode was. And as always, we are looking for new topics uh, to talk about. So if there's something that you want to hear what Jacoby and I have to say on it, we would love for you to give us that input. And uh, as you will see, our Facebook group, uh, which was the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, has been rebranded. And now it is Success Without Sacrifice is the Facebook group uh, with Jerry and Jacoby. And so if you are looking for our Facebook group, you can search the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, uh, but you can also search success without sacrifice. We would really encourage you to go over there and join that group. Uh, you're going to get some live videos and some interaction from Jacoby and I, and we always love to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.